Heavenly Father, tonight we give you thanks, Lord, that we are here. And Lord, we thank you for the privilege to open your word, Lord, to come before you tonight, Lord, with thanksgiving in our hearts and to praise you tonight for who you are. Oh God, we praise you for recent days, Lord, for the witness on Sunday night, Lord, for your word that has gone forth. We pray, Lord, for the precious seed, Lord, that it would not be stolen, Lord, by the wicked one, but Lord, it would find good ground and Lord, much fruit would come forth. Lord, we pray for all the needs that have been mentioned tonight, for sickness, for those that need save, for those that need a touch from the Lord, for those that need comforted in time of bereavement. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name, would you draw very near. Oh, Father, we pray for the family of this young man and these other ones we have heard in recent days where suicide has visited a home. Lord, families have been plunged into despair. Lord, tonight we thank you that you are the hope, the only hope for this world. And we pray, Lord, that you'd move by your spirit, Lord, across this town and across this land. Lord, we're praying, Lord, that you'd move mightily. There'd be a mighty outpouring of your spirit. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus tonight, Lord. Lord, would you comfort those that are that are bereaving at this time. Draw very near to them, O oh God. Oh, Father, Lord, we're praying for this lockdown, Lord. Lord, Lord, we just pray, Lord, tonight, Lord, that you would make a way for your people to meet, Lord. Lord, we pray, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would open the door, that you would open the way, Lord. Oh, God, you're the miracle worker. You're the way maker. Lord, would you open the way, Lord, for your people to meet, O oh God. Oh, Father, we just look to you tonight, Lord. Anoint your word. Give us ears to hear. Speak to us. Lord, through the preaching of your word, anoint us both to preach and to hear. And Lord, above everything, that your name would be glorified, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bible tonight, we're continuing on with this subject of prayer. That first week, uh, just we looked at the essentials of prayer. Then last week, we were looking at waging Waging that, waging that warfare for souls, for the souls of men and for the loved ones that we have that we long to see saved and looking to the Lord for God to move by his power and touch hearts and putting our faith and our trust in him and his power and his ability in order to move on our behalf and to save our loved ones to the glory of Jesus. And so we're looking at different aspects in scripture where we're clearly instructed where we're direct where we are to direct our prayers. And tonight it's prayer, and we are looking at this specific subject within prayer, supplication for the saints, supplication for the saints. So if you have your Bibles, we're reading from Ephesians chapter 6. I'll just take one verse for time's sake. It's Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. And we know this is the great war for a chapter. Paul is laying out as he closes off this great uh, epistle. He's laying out to the church at Ephesus the whole armor of God, the, the, the standing for the Lord and the power of the might of God. And he goes through that whole great uh, armor that we're to put on, the heavenly armor that we're to have on. And then as he comes to the end of that at verse 17, just this one verse here, uh, Ephesians 6 and verse 18, he says these words, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I want to read that verse again. So we, we see we're instructed by Paul. If you read the whole chapter, 
Now we're to be strong in the Lord, the power of his might, putting on the whole armor of God to stand against the wiles of the wicked one. Having done all, we're going to stand and having the full armor of God upon us and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Then he says, and here is this great weapon that, that Paul brings us to, knowing that the, the weapons of our warfare and our carnal, but they're mighty through God. They're the pulling down of every stronghold. And, and prayer so much, you know, it is a weapon, but prayer really is the whole battlefield. It really is where we gain the victory. It really is where we take ground. It really is the powerhouse of the church of Jesus Christ. It really is the room, the function room, that everything else will function through. And so it's important here that we see from Paul the Apostle, he says, pray, praying always with all prayer. We're always to pray. Men are always to pray and not faint. And supplication in the Spirit. So it's so important here we see that's a capital S. That's praying in the Holy Ghost. That's praying in a spiritual language in the, in the Spirit and in the understanding. But we're to pray in the Spirit. Both ways are essential. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication. Listen what he says. For all saints. And tonight we're looking at what it is to pray for the saints, to pray for the body of Christ. How important this is. This is so important that we come again back to what we're instructed in Scripture, what we're to pray for. You know, often people say, I don't know what to pray for, but the Bible instructs us in specific areas what we are to pray for. And here is one of them. We're to pray for the saints. And so we see as I mentioned last week the essentials, uh, two weeks ago, the essentials of prayer and how we're to wage that warfare and prayer for souls. And I brought you to how vital it is that prayer is central in the body of Christ as the, as the assembly of God, how prayer is so important. And we likened that, if you remember, we likened that to the body here, the natural body, because the Bible often Basically, Paul in his epistles will, will take the body in a natural sense and bring spiritual application to that. And so we know how vital, how vital prayer is. You know, the, this body of mine, I can live without an arm, but I can't live without a heart. I can live without a leg, but I cannot live without lungs. And we looked at that aspect of even the heart being the place of faith and the lungs being the very place of prayer, the air that we need to breathe and how they go together, the heart and the lungs, how it's vital. These are vital organs. The rest of this body is important. The head is the most important. It is vital. It is where Christ, we know Christ is the head of the church. And we know that the heart is the place of faith. And we know the lungs is the whole operation of prayer. And so these are vital organs. But there are things that are important. It's important to have your arms and your legs. We don't want to do without them. But we could survive without an arm or a leg. But we cannot survive without faith and without prayer. And so it's so important then as we are coming to this subject again of prayer tonight. Getting our focus on prayer. How we need to get our focus on prayer saints in this hour. We know that as the air as the goes into our lungs. And as, as that air is brought through those paper thin shields, if you like, or in that lungs into the body, through the blood and into the heart, and then the heart pumps 
that blood around our whole body with, with, that, with that oxygen in, in our blood, and it circulates around that whole body, bringing life to every part of that limb. That's what prayer is to the body of Christ. You know, as, as we breathe in, that air goes into our lungs. That oxygen then it's, it's dissipated through in, in through into the heart and in the heart, which it's an amazing how God has created us. But you see so many types. Then as that left chamber of that heart begins to pump that blood, and in that blood it has that oxygen. That's the prayers of the saints. And as that begins to travel around this whole body, then it means we have life. It means everything begins to function. Our arms are moving. Our legs are moving. We're, we're able to walk. We're able to run. We're able to accomplish things. That which is in the natural realm because we're breathing in that air. It's like prayer to the church. And so unless the church is in prayer, seeking the Lord before the throne of grace, praying for the saints, that life then begins to flow around the body of Christ. You know, the devil hates prayer meetings. He hates a people of God that pray. He, he's happy with prayerlessness. He's happy with people that have no, no attention on the things that are the priorities. He, he's happy for us to try to do it in our own strength. But you know, when we begin to pull back from the place of prayer, when the church becomes empty, when it's no longer a house of prayer, when it just becomes a place of activity, then the true life of God that we're looking for to flow through the body of Christ, then every member of that body beginning to function in the power of the Holy Ghost, that's what the devil, that's what he fears more than anything. He fears a place that is filled with the life of God, with the people of God praying in the power of the Holy Ghost, praying through and touching heaven for souls and for men and for the saints of God. And so it's important tonight, you know, that we get our focus right, that we get our priorities right, especially in the days in which we're living, saints. We, we must get again focused on the place of prayer and what that means, what happens when that life begins to flow through the body and the natural. But you know, if that, if that if that, if that oxygen isn't, isn't able to get into that bloodstream and that blood able to carry that life to the extremities of this body, then this body is going to become sick. You know, it tells us basically what happens when oxygen isn't getting around our body. We become short of breath. We'll get headaches. We become restless. There's dizziness. We, be, we begin to faint. We, we become confused. This, this is in the natural realm. I just looked this up today. Our blood pressure goes up. There's a lack of coordination. We have visual disorders. We, we begin to not see as we ought to see. And so things begin to happen for us. When we leave the place of prayer, this is what happens to us in the natural realm. We become lightheaded. We become confused, disorientated. We lose our vision because that oxygen isn't being carried around this body to bring it life. But friends, I want to tell you, it's so similar in the spiritual. When, when there's a lack of prayer, when we begin to neglect the place of prayer individually, corporately, Brothers and sisters, listen what happens. It has a profound effect upon the body of Christ. 
You know how vital it is that every member of that body, that local assembly, is in a place with God, in a place of prayer with God. Because when that neglect comes, then our vision begins to go. Our coordination begins to go. Confusion begins to come in. And the enemy is, will cause that confusion. God is not the author of confusion, but he'll bring confusion and, and division and so forth because that life not praying in the Spirit and praying for the saints isn't flowing around that body. And so it's important. You know, the Bible says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And so when when that life is carried, when there's a prayer life, when there's a praying people, when the saints of God are praying and on their knees, that's where there's victory. That's how we'll go forward, friends, upon our knees. But we know that the enemy detests a Holy Ghost Filled prayer meeting, a house of God filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. When the body of Christ are all praying in the Spirit. Oh God, give us a revival of such prayer meetings. Give us a revival of prayer in the church of Jesus Christ. Give us a revival, friends, where every member of the body of Christ is so full of the Holy Ghost. So full of the power of God. So full of the spirit of prayer. Know what happens? That whole body becomes alive. Every function and every part and every member begins to operate as God has set them in the body to operate. And so what happens is it's a house of prayer but the power of God's moving in the midst of that house and that body begins to fully function as God has purposed it to do. And so we must We must know our calling in this place is the place of prayer. And our part is vital. There's no one that's not important in the place of prayer. There's no one that's not needed in a prayer meeting. You know, we make it optional so much today about, well, it's a prayer meeting. We'll not go or she can go or he can go or I can't go or things are happening or we're watching this or watching that. And friend, I just encourage you tonight, let's get our prayer priorities right in the house of God. You know, someone said to me a few weeks ago, a few people have said it actually, it'll be interesting when the church is opened again, who comes back and who doesn't come back. And I believe that everyone, I'm hoping, praying that everyone does come back. Then someone else said to me, it's not who or what comes back, it's not who comes back, but it's what comes back. And brothers and sisters, I pray we're coming back full of the Lord. I pray we've had the time, all the time, that we've ever we've ever needed and ever ever asked for to be seeking the Lord, to be in the place with God, to be full of the Holy Ghost, to be seeking the throne, to be in His Word, and we need to come back on fire with God and fire of the Holy Ghost. Friends, we can't come back dead and empty. We must come back together again as those living coals. And so it's important the place of prayer, the altar, the place of prayer of seeking the Lord, the place of prayer of calling out to God the place of communion with God where man meets God and God meets man. Brothers and sisters are we coming back full of the Holy Ghost? Are we coming back on fire for God? Are we coming back with a prayer life? Are we coming back encouraged? Are we coming back on fire for God? And you might say Tim no I'm dead and I'm empty. I've been wasting my time on the things of the world and watching TV and on computer and doing me 
own thing and lying about the house. Well, I encourage you, friend, just to get up and get that right before the Lord. Let's get into the place of prayer. Let's get to the altar of God. Let's cry out to God for forgiveness. Let's call upon the Lord while we can, friends, in the day of grace for men and women that are going to hell, but also to make supplication for the saints of God. This is the prayer life of the church. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 4 and verse 15 that we are to speak the truth in love, that we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. There it is, Paul, again, using the natural body to bring forth spiritual truths. The head is Jesus Christ. There's one head of the body of Christ. His name is Jesus. Now, the whole body is fitly joined together, compacted by that which, look what it says, every joint supplies. In other words, you have a vital part to play in the body of Christ. You have a vital part to play in the body of Christ. If you're saved, and God's purpose then is to bring you into his body, a local assembly, wherever that may be, but to bring you into that local assembly as Christ is the head, and the order of that and the function of that body is crucial. But your part is vital. The whole body, every joint supplying according to the effectual working of the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Now let me read the amplified version of the same uh, verses. From him, the whole body, that's the church in all its various parts, joined and knitted firmly together, by what every joint supplies when each part, listen to what the Amplified says, is working properly. Friends, oh, to have a body that every joint is working properly. That would be a glorious sight. That would be a wonderful thing to see. That's the purpose of God, that every part in that body I believe that's the miracle of Pentecost. 120 people all in one place, all together, united in the Spirit, and the power of God flowing through them. Every part was working properly. Everyone was in a place with God. Everyone was right with one another. What a place that is. What an outpouring of the Holy Ghost that would bring. Instantly God would rend the heavens and come down, friends. You wouldn't have to beg him because his word says where the brethren dwell together in unity. He says, there I'll command the blessing of the Lord. Here we see every part is working, causing the body. What happens there? the body begins to grow and friends people ask often is the church growing and I know what they mean is numbers but friends what God is really interested in and we want to see souls added to the church such as should be saved but really are we growing as a body 
Are we growing in the Lord? Are we maturing in Christ? Are we dependable? Are we growing into pillars in the church of Jesus Christ? Can we lean upon you? Can you carry the burden of the work that is before us? Are you able to make your stand for Jesus? Are you there and in your place? Are you there and seeking the Lord? Are you there and praying through and agreeing with your brothers and sisters for the great needs that there are? That's a sign of maturity dependability committed to the things of God someone that you can rely on someone that's there in the place of serving and serving one another that's the sign of being mature in the Lord and so we see here that every part begins to work building itself up in unselfish love here is a sign here is an indication of a mature church of a mature body growing up in the Lord full of the Holy Ghost, a place of prayer, a great love one for another, a sense of serving one another. There is various parts in the body, but every part is important. Brothers and sisters, every part is important. Look what Paul said concerning the body in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 and verse 12. Again, he uses the natural body to bring forth spiritual truths in that spiritual context of the assembly of God's people. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 12, he says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized in the one body. That's your born-again experience. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, bond or free, and we've all been made the drink from that one spirit. Praise the Lord. And that will never run dry. For the body is not one member, but as many. And if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were a hearing, where were the smelling? But now God has set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased him. In other words, friends, when you get saved, God has brought you out of the kingdom of darkness, put you into the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is not a building. That is not a denomination. That is not anything to do with man. That is a spiritual body and the gathering of God's people. God's placed us here in Balnehinch. He's placed you, if you're listening, not from these parts, but God has placed his desires to place you in the body. It's so important that we're in a body. So important that we're in an assembly. So important in the decay, the apostasy, the falling away. Now we're placed in a body. God has done that. He's placed you in a body. And you're a vital part of that body. You're a vital part. You have a requirement to be in your place, to be in that place, to play your part, to function as God has purposed you. In other words, to operate as a body, to bring glory to the head that is Jesus Christ. You see the importance in Scripture of a local assembly. And more and more, this whole gathering I'm speaking to an empty church practically here tonight, just Victoria and our Caleb here. But I'm speaking to an empty church, but God's purpose is for God's people to meet. That's the purpose of God. 
That's the purpose of God, regardless of what's happening in this world. You know, I was thinking we were talking today about missionaries who went out for years and years across this world, the disease-ridden places across the world. Many of them, it cost them their lives. It cost them everything. Thinking of our own wee woman that the house that we're in that was born in that house, Maggie Smith, way off to India, died of smallpox after four years, knowing, knowing that she was going into those foreign lands like so many other missionaries. It was going to cost them everything. It was going to cost them even their lives. Oh, friends, I tell you, May God awaken us in this hour. May God awaken us, oh Father, in the name of Jesus, awaken us out of our slumber, awaken us out of our sleep. Oh, in the name of Jesus tonight, awaken us, Lord. We are so busy in trying to, to preserve ourselves. Lord, we pray, Lord, oh God, we're not being foolish with these things. Lord, we're just, oh God, longing that you'd come and awaken us out of all of this, Lord. Your purpose is for us to meet. And now it's being tested. It's going to be tested more. Because the Bible says that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And friends, I'm speaking of an empty church. I know that we're seeking to honor the authorities. I know we're in a difficult time. I know that there are many things happening. And this might just be a voice in the wilderness. And not many people agree. But I tell you, friends, tonight, the Bible tells us we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. I do believe we have to honor those that are in authority. I do believe that they're acting and is trying their best to act in the information that they have. But oh friend, tonight when I see trains, translink packed to the doors, when I see the beaches packed and they're packed full, when I see the garden centers full and them queuing up for the wine mark and bound the hench, friends, I want to tell you something. There's something in my heart saying, Lord, your church is empty. Your people should be praying and seeking the Lord. I'm not asking us to do anything foolish, but friends, I'm asking you to pray and to believe God that God would open these doors. Friend, I want to believe tonight that God would move by His power in this land again. We're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as we see the day approach. Oh, friend, we've been preaching the second coming of Christ in this platform for the last number of years. We've been speaking, even coming up to this time, of what's about to happen. And we're bringing the warning. And we've been warning through Scripture what's about to take place. And we know what's about to happen. And we know the mark's about to come. And we know the chip is on the way. And many people laugh and mock. And friends, I want to tell you, in a night this country was closed. And we all went along with it because we wanted to honor it. And we wanted to do which is right. But friends, I want to tell you, if the church don't waken up soon, if we don't get back to prayer, if we don't get back to seeking the face of God, I want to tell you, friends, how easily will that deception sweep in across this land. I'm not asking anyone to break any law. I'm not asking anyone to disobey. I'm not asking anyone to do that. But I'm asking you tonight, friend, would you pray? I believe God for God to break through. I believe more than ever the church of Jesus Christ must meet and must pray. 
I don't care if it's in a field. I don't care if it's on top of a mountain. I don't care if it's in a valley. And I don't care if it's sunny. And I don't care if it's raining. But I pray that we would meet together to pray and to seek the Lord. Surely it's a time for the church to meet. There are many that don't really care whether it does or it doesn't. And that's not just in the world. That's in the church itself. Many aren't really interested whether we ever come back again or not. Happy just in themselves. Happy doing their own thing. Even here in recent days that we don't need the church. And we don't need a pastor. And we don't need all these things. Well, I want to tell you, friend, what that is. That's the sin that took a third of heaven, a third of the angels of heaven to fall with Satan himself. I want to tell you, friends, we need each other more than we've ever needed each other. And that's the sin of pride that says, I don't need this. The Bible says you have no right, and I have no right to say we have no need of each other. How we need each other more than ever. How do we fulfill the commandments of Scripture if we don't meet? If we never come together as God's people, look at the one another's of Scripture. The one another's, you can search the reference. Many times, including from the Lord Himself, we're to love one another. We're to prefer one another. We're to receive one another. We're to admonish one another. We're to serve one another. We're to forbear one another. We're to forgive one another. We're to comfort one another. We're to edify one another. We're to exhort one another. We're to consider one another. That's the one another's of the Bible. How can we do it if we don't meet? Oh, friend, tonight, how can we do it if we don't meet? The Bible says that we're to pray one for another. Well, I can do it in my house and you can do it in your house. But I want to tell you, friends, we can't do that. But there's another part of this that's vital to the function to the function of a body, the assembly of ourselves together. Our reading tonight was pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, praying with all perseverance and all supplication for all saints. Look at Paul, the Apostle. Look at his prayer life. You can gather out some key things about A man who's mature in the faith. A man who established many churches. A man who was a great preacher of the gospel with signs and wonders following. As he went around establishing churches, then we see his heart towards them. In Ephesians 1 and verse 15, look what he says there. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. He prayed for the saints. How important it is to pray. Look at Philippians 1 and verse 3. These are the letters to the churches. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy, constantly, Cease to give thanks. Make a mention of your prayer. Always in every prayer. For you all making requests with joy. Paul grasped this truth in that early church. The key for its growth. The key for its advancement. The key for it to glorify Jesus Christ. 
The key for it to function fully as God has purposed it was to pray and to pray and to pray and to pray for the saints. Pray for one another. Look at James chapter 5, coming to close in just a moment. James chapter 5 and verse 14. These famous, well-known verses concerning those that are sick in the assembly. But look what James says. Is any sick among you? James 5 and 14. Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he had committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess. Look at verse 16. We see this wonderful scripture here concerning the anointing, the laying of hands, the onus upon the individual to call for the elders to pray. Thank God we practice that in this church. But then verse 16 says this, confess your faults to one another. Then it says to pray one for another. Look at this. doesn't say to pray or to confess your faults to the priest or to confess your faults to the minister. It says to confess your shortcomings one to another. Then it says pray one for another. Pray together. Pray for one another. Put a hand on the shoulder of a sister and pray for him. Put a hand on the shoulder of a brother and pray for him. Pray for our young people. Pray for our older people. Pray together. Encourage them. and Pray one for another. How can this happen? Friends, in the current climate in which we're in, we can pray in our homes. We can pray over the phone. And I thank God for that. But you see the importance, what it is to pray for a church to pray one for another. What does it say after that? That ye might be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Pray one for another that ye might be healed. I tell you, friend, oh, for that, for that life, that healing life, that life of God, as we pray one for another to flow through the body of Christ. It begins to touch people that are hurt, begins to touch people that are sick, begins to touch people that are oppressed, begins to set people free that are in depression, begins to set people free that are being troubled in their mind. When the church begins to pray, the life begins to flow. When we pray one for another, when we confess our shortcomings, we're not here to shoot you down. We're here to build you up. But as we confess, oh God, I'm weak. Would you help me pray for them lift them up and the life of God begins to flow the healing power of God begins to flow oh how we need to meet again we have to be honest in these days we need again for the church to meet to pray praying for the saints pray one for another pray for the life that you might be healed healing flows when the church prays together when the church prays for one another you know, what does it look like when the church prays? What, what does that type of prayer meeting look like, Tim? Well, what really is it like? And you know, we have been privileged at times to be in prayer meetings that have been very much like this. Prayer meetings that have been lifted, that the Holy Ghost has come down and lifted them and lifted them up into the heavenlies. And we've been caught up in times where the body of Christ has prayed I prayed one for another and the life. I tell you, it's like heaven on earth. It is everything. 
And oh, friends, I, I believe we need to see this again and again and again. It should be the mark of our prayer time, the mark of our prayer meetings. But you'll see it. It is recorded how they prayed in the book of Acts. To close with this, Acts chapter 4 and verse 24, and you'll get a glimpse of heaven on earth. Acts chapter 4, when the church really prayed. Acts chapter 4, and we're going to read, you know, as after Peter and John had healed the lame man, brought before the council, then they were released and told not to preach in the name of Christ. They returned, they reported back. Where did they go? They went back to the church that assembled. They went back to the believers. They were assembled together. That's how the church functioned. And so here we see, and being let go, verse 23, they went to their own company, reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, this is what happened. Look, look at this now. This is every member. This is every part. It says, they lift up their voice to God with one accord. There it is. This is what happened. The whole church, every part and every member within that body heard the need that was brought before them. And immediately they rose up in the spirit and they all lifted their voice. That's not prayer means necessarily we're used to or see today. It seems to be much more one after another. That's not wrong. But I want to tell you, friends, there's something special when the whole body is lifted up with praise and prayer and worship unto God and we forget about ourselves and we're lost in the Spirit and the Spirit of God takes over. Give us prayer means like that. Friends, I tell you, we'll see the strongholds come tumbling down. We'll see the kingdom of darkness driven back. We'll see the oppressed set free and the power of God let loose. When all the parts rise together in faith, faith in the heart, the lungs are pumping with the power of the Holy Ghost in prayer and they prayed look what happened at the end when they had prayed verse 31 the place was shaken where they were assembled together they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they speak the word of God with boldness Oh, friends, this is praying for the saints. This is making prayer and supplication for all the saints. And the body of Christ comes together, praying one for another. And the Holy Ghost comes down. And the place is shaken. And we're all filled with the Holy Ghost. These are the prayer meetings, friends. These are the prayer meetings that shake the nations when the church is on its knees, praying one for another, praying supplication for the saints. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask, Lord, I don't know how, but I believe in a God that does the impossible. Lord, would you make a way would you grant unto us wisdom? Lord, we don't want to be mavericks. We're not trying to do anything for ourselves. Lord, if there's anything out of out of out of out of the flesh tonight, let it all die in the name of Jesus. But Lord, this heart cries for a place of prayer. Lord, we're longing for the church to meet the prey. Oh God, tonight forgive us, Lord, for our selfishness. Lord, we've used the time unwisely. Lord, we've used it for ourselves. Oh God, we're asking, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, would you make a way for prayer? Would you make a way for the church to meet, Lord? Lord, may there be a lifting, Lord, very quickly. And Lord, may we come back again to pray. Lord, make this place a house of prayer full of the Holy Ghost and the fire of God. 
praying one for another, nor we confess our shortcomings, our faults, our feelings, our weaknesses before you. Lord, we thank you there's mercy. But Lord, we pray, Lord, we'll come back, Lord, in the name of Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost and full of the power of God. Lord, in Jesus' name, may we pray one for another. May that life flow through this body, this body, your body, you're the head. Lord, may it fully, Lord, fully, Lord, fulfill your purpose and your plan with you how for this assembly in Ballina Hinch, this New Testament Pentecostal church, fulfill your will and your purpose for us as a people fully, Lord, that your will would be done, O God that you would be glorified. And Lord, we pray for many fellowships across the land. Lord, may the house of prayer be full again. Lord, on our knees, seeking God for a move of God across this nation. Lord, we ask it all tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.